Garvey Wagon Road. Well, what about it? We'll be sticking close to it. Why? Well, it's a straight shoot right into Fort Reunion. Maybe uh, four days at the most. There we are, right out there in the open. And there they come, a whooping it out of nowhere. They'll have us hanging feet high and let the crows pluck out our eyes. You may not be aware, Miss Cresta Lee, but I'm a professional soldier, and I happen to be well experienced in this part of the country. How long have they kept you, Private? Private? No one's kept me, Miss Lee. It was my father's wish. You take that road, Soldier Blue, and you'll get your father coming out here to bury you. My father's dead. He was killed at Little Bighorn last year, murdered by the Sioux. I wonder if that General Custer took your father's advice. Well, it's a sure thing I ain't taking yours. Listen, you keep the rifle. The jerky you can have. Just give me some of this hardtack. There. There we are. Good luck, Soldier Blue. I'll tell him at the fort it wasn't my fault. following film podcast frequently contains adult content, including foul language and descriptions of adult situations. Spoilers for the films discussed occur often. Listener discretion is advised. Now take it away, Dr. Rausch. <laughs> they must be destroyed on sight! back and it is they must be destroyed on site episode 165 i'm your host lee i can't help wondering what this goddamn country's coming to russell <laughs> truer words have never been spoken well depending on the country i guess but uh yeah sure sure uh and i'm joined by my co-host daniel if you get too all fired horny during the night just go soak your head in the stream over there harper how you doing sir i'll uh, keep that in mind it's, it's good advice generally good advice mm-hmm if you got the uh, 
if, the, if this movie wasn't so dire that we're covering tonight, it's like you could, could easily make the joke. So soldier blue balls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, there's, there's a lot of, uh, we'll get into it. There's some weird shit in this movie, but uh, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we are covering soldier blue from 1970. Uh, but before we get into that, we have a few comments to get through. So uh, we'll get right into it. Jay Deering left a couple comments on the Facebook group. First off, in response to our Pat Garrett and Ability the Kid episode, he said, You both like it. That's great. My favorite Peck and Pop film right above uh, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. Right on. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think for me, it's just the opposite. I think I think Pat Garrett and Ability the Kid is my second favorite. So Sure. Uh, and then he says, Please do Abel Ferreira's Bad Lieutenant. Harvey Keitel with his dong hanging out, acting batshit crazy. NC-17 family fun. Yeah, I would, none I, none gets raped in that film too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd be down for doing Bad Lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's something we will eventually get to. Uh, maybe do like the Abel Ferreira and the uh, Werner Herzog's Bad Lieutenant in one episode. That'd be Con- fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. contrast to compare. Yeah, they're thing. very very different films. I mean, you know, it's really mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I think the, the the thing there is that uh, the real title of the Herzog is you know. Uh, what is it? Part of Call of Los Angeles or whatever yeah. the, uh, the subtitle is, and uh, they just put the bad lieutenant thing on there just for I don't know, just for shits and giggles. I don't know. It's a weird, weird, uh, you know, movie. But you trying to tell me that's not a direct sequel to the Harvey Keitel film? Uh, spiritual remake. You know? <laughs> uh, Jeff Williams pipes in with his recommendation of the week, and this time it is another western, and it's the Oxbow Incident from 1942. He says a Western that completely and mercilessly uh, takes no prisoners in subverting the male archetypes of the genre. Ain't no heroes to be found here, just Dana Andrews pathetically begging for his life and Henry Fonda getting cucked hard by a city slicker. Okay, (laughs) an Academy Award nominee for Best Picture in 1944 that probably would have won if it hadn't been released in the same year as Casablanca. Awesome. I have seen that. It's been a number of years, but yeah, no, I'll definitely be down for that. Cool. Thank you as always, Jeff. And now we have a YouTube comment, but this time out, it's a good one. So, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is from someone called Shadowman4710, and he says, I've always thought Tick, Tick, Tick was an underappreciated little gem of a film. Jim Brown, not the world's greatest actor by any stretch, is pretty solid, and George Kennedy is on point as the former sheriff who begrudgingly joins forces with Brown to stand up to a racist mob. The acting is first class throughout, particularly by Clifton James as the enigmatic clan leader whose help they end up asking for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, th- <laughs> I think we're both in full agreement there. That's no, no, no. Uh, it's an excellent film. Yeah. And, and interestingly enough, our director tonight uh, directed yeah. that same film. So, yeah. 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 In fact, um, I, I, I ran across this film originally when we did Carnal Knowledge because I was looking at uh, Candace Bergen, you know, early roles, wondering what else she did and kind of ran across the title. And then when we did Tick, 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 which also connected me to this, I was like, well, it's come up twice. We have to do it. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's pretty much how that happened. Yeah, uh, so without further ado, we're going to get into some podcast promos and some music, and we're going to come back and talk about Soldier Blue. Looking for something different in your podcast library? Then why not check out the podcast Under the Stairs? 
I'm the host Duncan McLeish and joining me each week will be a special guest as we examine some classic old school horror favourites as well as some modern classics. That's not to say that we don't tackle some of the, let's say, more questionable entries into the horror genre. And if all that wasn't enough, we have a subset of shows called Baz V Horror, where our horror novice, The Baz, tackles horror in all shapes and forms to see who will come out victorious. So what are you waiting for? The show can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com and on Stitcher and iTunes. The Podcast Under The Stairs is a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. This is Duncan McLeish from Under The Stairs, signing off. Mmm, great coffee. Mmm. Hey. Hmm? Chad, who's that strange, somber man on the cover of that book you're reading? Oh, that's H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, I've heard of him, but I never really got into his stuff. It's kind of strange and hard to read. No, I used to think that too. But that all changed when I started listening to the H.P. Lovecraft Literary Podcast. What's that? The H.P. Lovecraft Literary Podcast is a weekly podcast. Tell me more. Well, these two really smart and hilarious guys give a synopsis of the story, then they talk about its background, the critical views, and what it says about the author. Well, where can I listen? Let me tell you, Chris, you can go to hppodcraft.com or, heck, just subscribe through iTunes. It's that easy. Oh, Chad, I'm so excited. Now I can listen to this podcast and pretend to all my snooty friends that I actually read and understand H.P. Lovecraft. Hey, that's what I do. HPPodcraft.com <laughs> 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 You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only a film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. You can extract the Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for WYCH on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, tune in, and on your Android device. Which versus the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. So prepare yourself. The podcast ice is gonna break.
Soldier Blue from 1970. On November 29, 1864, a unit of cavalry numbering 900 men surrounded a peaceful Cheyenne village at Sand Creek, Colorado. The Indians raised the American flag and a white flag of surrender. They're coming out, sir. What? What's that? I think it's Spotted Wolf. My God, sir, he's got a flag of truce. Yes, sir. It's a white flag. Nonsense. Well, you see, I told you, Lieutenant, give the order. Sir? Well, give the order! Yes, sir. Open fire! Nevertheless... Ready! The cavalry attacked, slaughtering 700 Indians. Fire! More than half of whom were women and children. Troop! At the trot! The factual account of that massacre is now documented in a motion picture. Ralph Nelson's Soldier Blue. Good brave lads, coming out here to kill themselves a real live engine, putting up their forts in a country they've got no claim to. So what the hell do you expect the Indians to do? Sit back on their butts while the army takes over their land? You saw for yourself what they did, taking off scalps. Yeah, and who taught them that little trick? The white man. Oh, and cutting off hands? And cutting off feet? And cutting off... I know what they cut off. But at least they don't make tobacco pouches out of them. Uh-uh. That's something else you soldier boys made up. You're lying. Get that white woman out of there! Yes, sir. Soldier Blue. A nice poem. 
Say something pretty. General Nelson A. Miles, Army Chief of Staff, termed the Sand Creek Massacre perhaps the foulest and most unjust crime in the annals of American history. Candace Bergen, Peter Strauss, Ralph Nelson's Soldier Blue. Directed by Ralph Nelson, written by Theodore V. Olson, uh, who wrote the book uh, based on his book, basically Arrow in the Sun and John Gay, starring Candace Bergen as Kathy Maribel Cresta Lee, Peter Strauss as Onus Gant, Donald Pleasance as Isaac Cucumber. <laughs> uh, I, I feel bad laughing at anything in this film. We'll get into it, but <laughs> yeah, we, we will. <laughs> there's a lot uh, of stuff to laugh about in this film. There, yeah, there there's is really funny stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's very awkward. John yeah. Anderson as Colonel Iverson, George Rivero as Spotted Wolf, Dana Eclair as Captain Battles, Bob Carraway as Lieutenant McNair, uh, Martin West as Lieutenant Spriggan. Uh, James Hampton as Private Menzies, Mort Mills as Sergeant O'Hearn, and George Russick as Running Fox. And we have a IMDb synopsis here from someone named Jean-Marc Rocher. After a cavalry group is massacred by the Cheyenne, only two survivors remain. Onus, a naive private devoted to his duty, and Cresta, a young woman who had lived with the Cheyenne two years and whose sympathies lie more with them than with the U.S. government. Together, they must try to reach the Calvary's main base camp. As they travel onward, Onus is torn between his growing affection for Cresta and his his disgust for her anti-American beliefs. They reach the Calvary campsite on the eve of an attack on a Cheyenne village where Onus will learn which side has really been telling him the truth. And yeah, that's that's pretty good. Although I don't think there's a, like, which side has been telling him the truth. Yeah. (laughs) That's not really there, but... uh... Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think he becomes more horrified and just out of his mind than get any deep revelations uh, character-wise, but uh, we'll get into it. Daniel, uh, what's your sort of general thoughts on this one? It's kind of a mess and kind mm-hmm. of great. It's two good films that should not have been put together. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, on the one hand, a pretty uh, kind of charming like rom-com western with uh, you know two people uh, learning to survive in the wilderness together and eventually getting it on and that's mm-hmm. you know perfectly charming actors um uh, looking at the uh, both peter strauss and candace bergen uh, they're both still alive and they're both still working in television which is <laughs> you know one of those uh, weird things you know like it's literally 50 years these are talented charming intelligent people uh doing a thing and then at the end it just uh, yeah and then there's a massacre and, yeah <laughs> um you know really hyper violent uh even out peck and paws peck and paw yeah, it does. Which was the thing that everybody talked about at the time and kind of hangs a pall over the whole film. And so it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of like really kind of fun stuff in terms of the relationship. And then, uh, you know, ultimately it's like, yeah, let's, uh, let's do a little you know, My Lie uh, Massacre uh, metaphor yeah. here. Both of these are good films, but uh, it does feel weird that it's, that it's one. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my overall, my overall impression. It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> there is that this is a romantic comedy set in the old west mm-hmm. that is bookend by horrific allegories for the My Light Massacre. And <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like if we if we sat down and we watched Battle of Algiers. Yeah. But like the bulk of the running time of Battle of Algiers, instead of it being 
what that movie is. It was like people uh, charmingly uh, flirting their way through like Algiers cafes. It, it, yeah, it would be like uh, two characters having like this rom-com romance in a cafe or like, you know, like romantic interests being pursued in one of the apartment buildings in Algiers or something like that, you know. And then, oh, here comes the bombs <laughs> at the end of the <laughs> film, you know, like yeah. I... It's it's it seems so weird to me. I'm watching this and just all of a sudden and and here's here's I think my biggest problem with this film aside from the vicious gratuitous rape that happens at the end of the film. Although, you know, you you kind of think you see more than you actually really do right, see on yeah, screen. It's, it's... But goddamn. Um but but here's the thing. This has one of the most just badly done scores as far as oh, yeah. uh, Pairing oh, it yeah. to the content of the film. Like, okay, it works for the romantic comedy thing, but my God, some scenes, even when the seriousness starts to ramp up in this film, it's still lighthearted, you know, Old West, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> cowboys wear white and the bad guys wear black. You know, like, it's, I it, don't know. <laughs> it feels like it is trying, I mean, it's doing that revisionist Western thing, and I think it's, you know, this is this is nineteen seventy, so this is like at the very tail end of like the Western being a like major commercial thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Really by nineteen seventy-five this was completely over. So there is this sort of sense in which I've gotta think that the director who is a talented guy who directed mm-hmm. a lot of really cool stuff, um was was kind of doing this intentionally and kind of like trying to make this kind of a deliberate contrast with what people kind of expected from, from their Westerns of their childhood sort of thing. I just sort of imagine like, it, it isn't even like, it'd be one thing if it was sort of sold as sort of like goofy Western and then, yeah. you know, the, the violence ramps up and then like by the end you get to like the massacre, but it's sold as this kind of dark, part of you know like they even have like a disclaimer not a disclaimer just kind of like a thing at the beginning which yeah. tells you what you're in for and so i can kind of imagine like if you did walk into like a sandra bullock ryan reynolds movie you know <laughs> and uh, you're like oh yeah i'm gonna sit down and eat my popcorn this is all like cute and fun and you know and then suddenly at the end it's, and then it's all about terrorism yeah there's you know? it's like, like oh it 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 it's, it just happens this rom com took place on nine eleven and <laughs> yeah like yeah no I mean there 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 is that I mean it just it's it's I I hate to kind of come back to that I mean I feel like we've kind of sold the the disjoint here and mm-hmm. uh, but I think both films are actually pretty well made and I think if, oh yeah you know like either way it kind of works so um let's start with the fun stuff maybe just to uh-huh. uh, you know and then kind of. Um, I like the Candace Bergen uh, kind of sassy feminist. She's great in this. You know? she's yeah, great in this. She's, I mean, she's gorgeous. Obviously, mm-hmm. you, know? she's, she's, you get to see your bum at one point, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. She's yep. wearing that dress, and you know, kind of gradually it comes off, and then she changes, and then you get you get that kind of going on. Um, you know, I don't think I'm going to put her on our podcast girlfriend list. I mean, you know, you mm-hmm. your, your mileage may vary, but. I think she's both very uh, fetching and charming and, and very good in this. I think she's, she's um, I also really like Peter Strauss who yep. I was not necessarily, I mean, he's a little bit of a kind of generic pretty boy um, at first and he's kind of got that quality, but um, he's, he's got some acting chops. He's a, he's, he's a fun guy. And uh, you kind of end up, uh, he, he also can kind of handle his handle himself in the action scenes. There's a, there's a knife fight scene where I think he, he, he does, he does really well. And I think it's, it's uh, really effective. Um, I, you know, I like the kind of romantic comedy aspect. Of yeah. It's, it's, 
it's fun stuff. Um, I know next week we're going to do um, Ballad of Bastard, uh, Ballad of Bastard, the, 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 <laughs> Ballad of Bastard Scruggs. Yeah, Ballad of uh, Buster Scruggs, and uh, I think one of the sequences in that film, you know, kind of borrows a lot from uh, that's from this. That's true. Yeah, yeah that so does at least at least in, kind of thematically, and mm-hmm. you know, we can kind of talk about that a little bit more next week, but. You know, clearly there's there's a lot kind of a lot of kind of fun stuff. Donald Pleasance shows up as Fan- <laughs> Isaac <Cucumber>. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> he's, he's so much fun. Again, another another character you can see maybe uh, Stephen Root and uh, in the uh, in the Coen Brothers film. Oh yeah, with the, with the... I can't pronounce at this point. But, you know. <laughs> hand shot, hand shot, hand uh, shot. <laughs> you can pretty much uh, kind of kind of uh, see that. I mean, you know, there's there's some nice stuff here. Um, it's uh, hypothetically on the side of the Native Americans, um, mm-hmm. although it does seem to be a bunch of Italian people in bronzer. That's what I was gonna say. Uh, the Indians all look like Ricardo Montalban or whiter. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think there's like one or two actual Indians in the cast, but yeah. for the most part, it's it's just like an Italian Western. It's <laughs> vaguely yeah. vaguely not white people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our, our, our lead, our kind of uh, like head uh, Native American guy, the chief or whatever, is like a spotted wolf. He's Jorge Rivero. So, like, <laughs> yeah. It's a, you know, not exactly a Native American name. I wouldn't suspect. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, you know, I, I really, I, I like that stuff. It, it's uh, it's goofy. It's fun. You know, there's, a, you know, it's it works. I don't know. It's it's weird to kind of talk about it without kind of talking about the ending. You know. Yeah, we'll um, we'll try to keep those two parts as separate as possible. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this, but yeah, uh, Candace Bergen is really great in this. I just love how she basically has no sympathy for how dumb and innocent Onus is. Like she's just like, will you? get over this shit and grow up like yeah okay they're soldier boy you know apple pie the american spirit all that bullshit here she knows the world she's living in she knows she walks she walks the line between the two the two uh peoples basically yeah there's no films of the this type of around this time you know you this is Mm. not the only one where it's like oh it's the white character who's lived with the native americans and can out native american the native american yeah things which is kind of again a problematic trope but uh you know yeah i don't think she really does too much of that she just kind of shows that she's more worldly than onus is like he he, he's a he's basically like a 14 year old boy uh yeah and in big boy shoes right and i mean she's just totally pragmatic she's she has no shame or anything like that she's like yeah i'll undress in front of him and stuff and he's all worried about his fucking boners like he's will will you please put some clothes on ma'am and will you stop swearing so much like yeah, I, no. I think it's great. Like it, it, it is a re- like they have great chemistry together, and I do like how they sort of gradually come together and appreciate each other. Where she, Kathy, values basically just honesty above all things, and right. when she gets honest reactions from Onus, she's really into that, and she starts to really like him. Right, and and when Onus, you know, starts to wise up to some things, she even likes him more. You know, and when he finally confesses that he loves her and all that. She's like, well, you know, don't tell me this unless it's true because I don't, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to fucking just be told that because that's something you you think you have to say or something like that, you know? Because because I I should I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to wed the the pretty white girl who should be in the kitchen and all that bullshit. Like she's she's totally just throwing that all that crap aside. So it it's a really good it is a really good rom com. Like I 
like again, like you said, there's a more enjoyable version of this film where it's just the it's just those two uh, traveling through the old west, and maybe the only uh, sort of conflict that really happens is maybe they encounter the Donald Pleasance character, and they have to deal with him, but there's no massacre rape fest at the end with chopped off arms and shit and and children being shot and <laughs> yeah no i mean the um i you know i'll say the uh her performance reminds me a little bit of the young girl in uh, true grit the original true grit right um she's got that that same kind of you know like that sassy spunky you know kind of western woman kind of thing going on um which was a trope even going back to the you know the the pulp novels of the time you know there was a little bit of that you know kind of like the the spunky mm-hmm. western girl you know so so i think there is this kind of sense in which oh no that's kind of a modern invention and i mean to a certain degree it is i mean certainly you know these two actors do not look like i mean they, they definitely look like like kind of teenage heartthrobs of they the, do of the, the late 60s early 70s um and that's that's an intentional kind of move there but i yeah i feel like know. candace bergen wouldn't quite look that good if she had been with the cheyenne for like two, two years you know like she'd be a <laughs> Probably a little, little rough around the edges, but you know, there's, there's, a, there's a little bit of a, um, you know, kind of a, this is answering the searchers as well. The, the that film that we will never ever mm-hmm. cover, so we will never cover it. That's right. Um, there, there is a uh, sense in which this is like, okay, the searchers ends, and then this is sort of like two weeks later or whatever. You know, there, there. Is oh a, yeah, and John Wayne kind of would be, it, yeah. You know. Instead of the army, it'd be John Wayne leading a fucking posse of fucking rapists and murderers. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I mean, it is like one of those things, like, we're kind of like going, oh, yeah, there's, there's like this kind of fun, you know, romance element kind of going on. And it's really in the like the middle hour of the film, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at the beginning, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, well, I'd like to rape her, wouldn't you? you know? Yeah. I mean, they're literally, I mean, you know, these That's soldiers like one- are... Are not are not good people, and then like oh, there's a massacre of those soldiers. You know, it's like oh, come on, they never nobody Native Americans they never rob a paymaster. It's like oh, yes, they would. Yeah, they would. Yeah, Candace Bergen kind of dispels them of that myth. It's like how do you think they get the fucking guns? They need money. They're they're buying right. them from somebody. You dumbass. And yeah, I mean, it's these like, soldiers are like too dumb for words. It is it is are. kind of one of those things of of you know. Uh, she is clearly more knowledgeable than they are, I mean, but it, it's just like, how how are you this dumb? And the reality is, well, you know, they just are. Yeah, I'm, you know, I imagine it probably wasn't too far removed. I mean, the, you know, they're just conscripting people out of the general population. I doubt they had much training. You know, it's because oh, yeah. I mean, even and Civil this, War this takes place during the Civil War. So, yeah, you know. so it's like we just need people who can vaguely shoot, and we need to stand them in a line. And shoot. And, and then also like the cavalry, the volunteers, and so this is mm-hmm. the the goal here is not uh, we're not soldiers, we're going off and mastering Native Americans. That, yeah, that, that's what we do. We're 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 creating new land to give to white people that will never be given to the African Americans mm-hmm. that are being freed in the South, right? Um, and so and 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 the film is definitely, I mean, it just it just kind of leans on that a little bit hard right at the beginning. And yeah. Then uh, all those characters die, and then uh, you just kind of. <laughs> You get this scene where um, our buddy, our uh, Peter Strauss, is a uh, Honus. He, he he recites from uh, the, the Charge of the Light Brigade, and then um, you know we just kind of move on. It's, yeah, you know, like, yeah. it's like I, we should say a prayer or something. Kansberg is like, you're just basically wasting our time. Like, let's move on. And by the way, throw away your socks because. <laughs> the Indians end up tracking you through your socks, you dumbass. Yeah, no, <laughs> he back for his fucking sock. I mean, I understand. 
Now, if you're going to be walking 100 miles, you, you probably want some socks. But still, uh, yeah, no. Ends up uh, ends up being uh, not the best move. <laughs> yeah. Know? Oh, it She's works like, out you... in the end. Because you, know, <laughs> you got to kill a red man, apparently. That's just, you know, lose your sock, Native American dies. That's yeah. the out here, I guess, you know. But I mean, you know, you ends up with him in a contest with this other guy, this uh, this Native American, and uh, even Candace Bergen's like, "Well, you got to kill him now. Like <laughs> he's down for the count. You got to kill him." Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll say this: Peter Strauss is he he does horrified really well. The stuff that he witnesses and the stuff he ends up having to do, it's like it visibly shakes him, you know, throughout the film. But then. It goes back to goofy romantic comedy, so it's like right, it just, a little bit of a kind of you know it rotates from one to the other mm-hmm. you know, fairly. You know, it's like oh massacre, uh, violence, uh, then uh, you know we're stuck on the, under a blanket. You know, and I mean modern films actually do this pretty well. I was particularly in the uh, you know snuggling under the blanket uh, under the the coat scene where she kind of comes and uh, you know snuggles with him. Is like oh I'm gonna I just need to be warm. You know I'm freezing, and then he has to give her the the coat and then go you know sit by himself and then it starts raining i think that's when that happens but yeah you know yeah it reminded me a lot of uh like the 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 recent wonder woman film you know it's got sort of a similar vibe yeah and and modern films have a have a way of sort of i thought it was kind of out of place there as well but but modern films have kind of learned to balance these things a little bit better and, and kind of pace out the, the comedy a little bit more um this feels like it really needed another another couple of drafts i'd be interested to know how much of this is in the original because it's based on a novel and i'd be interested to know like was this kind of a goofy novel that then got kind of you know like, repurposed into this like anti-war message i gotta or, you know, i gotta feel the novel itself probably wasn't all that goofy but i yeah. i wonder if the massacre is even in the novel honestly i don't know but it's like because it, 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 it's it, a novel about the massacre and then like yeah. they, they hire a couple of actors and then go okay now be charming for 30 minutes you know like yeah it, it is just it is just weird like there are so many questions and man so this basically takes it gets some history wrong but it, it is basically based on the uh sand creek massacre where a cheyenne village with of like about 500 people like 700 people something some like, like yeah 700 people something like that and like 500 of them were killed like it was just like a cavalry force of like six hundred and something, and they just yep. marched and, right and, over it. And mostly women and children as well, you know. Yeah, just, you know. And apparently, and so this was kind of unprovoked. Like in the movie, there's the initial uh, Indian attack, and I guess that's just totally unhistorical. That actually didn't happen. Like there were there was no incident apparently that really provoked what they did to that village. So. Honestly, it I think it was more involved around just a bunch of racists wanting to take land. Like it was just you know there was no like it wasn't a revenge or anything like that. It was just purely let's get them the fuck out of here kind of thing. The background of the San Cream Massacre is that uh, you know they they had originally ceded this you know most of Colorado to the Native Americans, mm-hmm. and then they discovered um, gold. Gold, yeah. And they went, oh, 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 no, no, we 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 told you you could have this, but um, we have lead, so we get the gold as well. And then yeah. that, that's sort of the way that, that happened. And they just sort of forced them into smaller and smaller bits of land until uh, they, I mean, it does it does seem like the the uh, instigating event was, was just kind of, you know, well, you know, th- this is ours now. I mean, it yeah. And and that's just that's just that's how <laughs> that's how the West was settled, you know. Yeah, and from um, what I was from what I was reading about it, like I just did sort of a brief 
scan through some different pages, including Wikipedia and stuff. And from what I can gather, that village, they tried to surrender. Like they tried to, they threw up the flags like that's shown in the film. And they just ignored it and just ran in there and ran right through them. Like just ran right over them. And it's fucking gross. It's like <laughs> yay American history. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just pathetically monstrous and um I mean we do we do kind of like run into the thing I was I was kind of criticizing the film slightly for man, these are like cartoon villains. But the real history is not that divorced from that. Yeah. I mean, you know, like they really were just like, oh well, you know, they're just savages. Like go kill them. Why let them live? Yeah, exactly. Like that's that's the way they treat them. And the thing, like you, you see, like grown men shooting down little babies, basically, like yeah, just no. for no fucking reason. It's just fucking disgusting. I mean, it's, and, it's genocide. Let's. I mean, uh-huh. you know, that's exactly what's going on here. They're they're just going through and massacring it. You know, <laughs> like entire yeah. tribe of people. And I and as far as this movie, like making a point about that stuff, as as much as it is a tonal shift from the rom com stuff. I still applaud it, and I don't think it's just cheap exploitation, which I think a lot of the criticisms of the film back in the day were just basically saying, oh, this is just another exploitation film with lots of blood and no sense to it. It's like, no, I think they're really going for something here. It's just maybe tonally it's it's a little off and maybe yeah, I look- mean, you, you read it to the you read you wet it to the fun stuff and it, mm-hmm. feels, yeah. it also kind of like luxuriates it in a way without it's tough to kind of do violence like this and, and sort of portray it not as, you know, kind of like fun action movie violence stuff. Yeah. You know? And I think that's, um, that's some of the problem there is that it, it, it does, you know, it comes across as horrific, but it's also, you know, like it's, it's fun movie or stuff, you know, and it, it's, yeah. it's kind of play that in tone. Right. I mean, you know, I think it's, I think that largely, I mean, it is effective in terms of uh, in terms of the way it works on screen. I think it, it does kind of play as horrific, and in fact, it's you know in a way that like seeing um, films of this era with this level of gore, it's actually more effective than modern films because you know you watch a more modern film and it's like, well, yeah, we've just got better technology now and we can yeah. look more quote unquote realistic. But really, that's that's you know pushing it in this like ever more. Um, you know, kind of like detailed and ever more like kind of high res direction. But here, you know, I mean, you see people being shot through the head and they're, you know, blood kind of gushing out of their eyeballs and that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, no, it really works just because it's in this, it's in this format, you know, and that's a, that's something that we kind of run into just as modern uh, viewers kind of seeing this stuff and that, you know, we're not used to kind of seeing that level of gore yeah. in, in films that look like this. So, yeah, I, I really want like the separate film because, it's such a fucking downer at the end. It's just, I, I get the message you're trying to send, but at the same time, I still want to see that happy story between Candace Bergen and Peter Strauss too. <laughs> There's also, I mean, interestingly, I think that um, because we're, we're, we're kind of the, the middle portion of the film, one of the, one of the key characters is Donna Pleasant says Isaac Cucumber. Mm-hmm. You know, goofy, you know, kind of, you know, I'm just going around selling my wares, but Really, I'm selling rifles to the Native Americans, and I'm stealing oh, yeah. from and, the U.S. Army, and all that sort of thing. And did I mention I'm a psychopath? <laughs> right, right. Um, I'm gonna tie you to. I'm gonna tie you to. I'm gonna tie you up and keep you in the back, and I'm not actually gonna kill you. And then, well, oh, I love, I love it. He's got. He's, he's also. He's just. They full out go almost scenery chewing with him, but it works. It's just no, no. They yeah, yeah. they give him like they give him you know prosthetic teeth and shit. So he's got like these really bad like he's got these buck teeth that are 
even angled weird like they were chipped or something like that and he's talking through them and he's got this chimney fucking (laughs) chimney sweep fucking british accent going on cockney shit and he's almost like dick van dyke and mary poppins or something like that he's almost (laughs) pushing it that direction you know he's got the the big top hat i mean he's a big colorful character it's interesting that like the whole thing is you know that um honus is like well no i've got a i can't let him keep these rifles i've got to like you know burn the thing down and you know because he's just going to use those against u.s soldiers but really, you know, the arms dealer, you know, maybe if they maybe they'd had those rifles, they could yeah. have uh, not died. So, you know, yeah, in a way, bonus, you're you're not like directly responsible, but um, you know, you get you played a role in this, you know. Yeah, and it makes me wonder if his character ever like comes to that realization that mm, things might have been different if he had been able to sell like those 30, 40 rifles to the Indians before the fucking cavalry showed up. Yep. Well, and there's there's this you know there's this there's this kind of um, paradox. I mean, it's trying to sort of portray the the violence that sort of both sides of this conflict are capable mm-hmm. of inflicting, and it's trying to kind of give a little bit of a nuanced look at you know like look both the Native Americans. You know, but they're like responding to this kind of open imperialist aggression, you know. And yeah. It's trying to kind of not sugarcoat that, but also to, uh, you know, to put kind of our lead, to put Honus in this situation of, of this kind of divided loyalty. And I think that, you know, kind of the, 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 where we're supposed to kind of leave him, you know, where, where his kind of emotional journey is supposed to be is, you know, like, fuck all these guys, you know, I mm-hmm. think there's a little bit of, of that going on. But yeah, no, there, there there is this kind of like complex valence there, which again gets kind of lost in the in the in the kind of uh, romantic stuff. And I mean, you know, literally like he gets shot in the leg. She pulls him into a, a cave and then like nurses him back to health. She feeds him some snake and then uh, he then feeds they his, apparently. You know, yeah, then so. a, all all of a sudden the onus is on her. But I'm bummed. Yeah, like you know. <laughs> Look at that. We both we both had a gag, and they yeah. both worked about as well as the other. No. And I still feel really bad about it, uh, <laughs> joking about this movie. But yeah, and oh, what was I going to say? I can't even remember now. It's just <laughs> yeah. I mean, so so then we do get to the end, and we do get to the to the kind of like hyper violent massacre stuff, and you know, interestingly, we kind of get the uh, the the guy who's a sort of. The, leading the way is the uh is the, the sort of the husband yeah uh, is, i guess fiance um is she supposed to be married to him or is it just like just fiance yeah, yeah okay because she was also like married to spotted wolf although you know that's not a a marriage that's recognized by the territory of colorado uh, and, and 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 apparently spot was pretty much not in the monogamy anyway he's like eh, i got a yeah. side bitch and you got hey, yourself some side dick so you know it's the, it's the 60s we're all it's free love, yeah. man. You know? <laughs> like, you know. like yeah the, her and the indians are sort of coded as hippies yeah no definitely i mean yeah. there, there's certainly a there's certainly a coding going on there where i mean you know a not unproblematic coding, but they're definitely coding. Mm-hmm. You know, the Native Americans are both hippies and North Vietnamese. You know? Yeah, so, you know. and I mean, the movie doesn't go as deep into it as I wish it would have, where there's the conversations between Onus and and Kathy, where Onus is like, all those Indians, like, scalping people and stuff like that, and then Kathy's like, well, where do you think they learned it from? Now, that's not a 100% true. Like, there was, there is pretty good evidence of 
Native American population scalping before Europeans came to North America. Uh, once the Europeans came to North America, it ramped up big time because they were they were putting tribes against each other and paying them for scalps. So that, 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 I mean, that's how colonialism works. Mm-hmm. You, know, you you find like natural divisions between tribes, and then you just arm one side or arm both sides, and then you get them to kill each other. It's, yeah. It's, complete you know let's what's the story of africa since the 16th century right that you know um oh man this podcast gets depressing hey come (laughs) for the come for the goofy uh jokes and the drinking and i'm trying to genocide yeah i i i keep trying to fixate on candace bergen's ass and (laughs) try to forget the rest of the movie (laughs) which is not an unreasonable thing to do but um, But yeah, no, then we get, uh, so so the husband is sort of like the guy, he's not in charge, he's kind of like second in command or whatever. Yeah, something like and that. And then uh, you have the, the, the guy literally wearing a pith helmet, <laughs> you know, is drinking like the entire time from a flask and like singing Battle Hymn with the Republic, and just, uh, you know, just shows it like, a, yeah, just kill them all. No, they're dead. Yeah, don't, don't. Yeah, he, know, just, don't he's just a piece of shit, and right. he fucking... He, he just expects to walk in and it's just going to be an easy job. He gets shot in the arm. And and at that point, when he gets shot in the arm, it's like everything's everything's on then. It's just like, I'm going to kill every woman and child in this fucking village because yeah. these, these savages dared bloody me, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, walks in and, um, you know, to, yeah, just kill him. Yeah, why not? Mm. You know, they should die. And, you know, and, and man, some of those, I mean, that, there, there's a rape sequence that's yeah. pretty horrific. Um, full, full nudity there. Yep. And then uh, you see the body like strung up afterwards, like they like, yep. like they gutted her, and it's like, oh my god! I mean, it's it's really, really intense and horrific, and you know, like really uh, the word visceral stuff. You know? Yeah, and still, I'm still thinking about. Candace Bergen tries to get all the women and children out of the village into safety and they go down like this creek or something like this little valley or whatever and they're just like set up for the slaughter the fucking cavalry just runs right down on them and it's a, then it's just like rape fest and murder yep. fest and and then you see the aftermath Onus sees it and there's just all these bodies of women and children sp- splayed all over the fucking rocks and the ground and there's blood everywhere and I'm like Jesus that ain't the movie yeah. I watched for like <laughs> for an hour and thirty minutes. Like, you know, do you have a do you have a poem? You know, and and you know, like you mm. you you uh, you had a poem for your uh, twenty one uh, white guys. Yeah. What what about now? What what do you got to say to to this? And I mean, you know, it's 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 very um, you know, it's pretty it's pretty you know again it's bookended with with these kind of two sequences of. You know, and it does kind of show the the scale of difference of you yeah. Know. And sadly, those characters, I think they fully like like Onus fully understands her by by the end of it, and by that time, it's too late, right? So it's just like, eh. well, and he even tries to kind of kind of rebel against the uh, the military, and he's trying to mm-hmm. kind of fight on the side of the Native Americans a little bit. And uh, what what does he what does he get what does he get for his troubles? Well, you know, you're oh. you're, you're going to get hauled off to, to prison. And probably you're probably going to, yeah, you're probably going to be executed, court-martialed yeah. and executed for treason. So we don't and, even get she, the happy ending. Like, I mean, it'd be no. one thing if they, I mean, I was kind of like, oh, they're going to just kind of go off and be like sad, but like together. But no, no, you know, Candace Bergen goes off and lives with the Native Americans. Yeah, and, yeah. Where, where's Candace Bergen go? To some smaller reservation somewhere yeah. where they're put off and 
how many people die of cholera in that fucking reservation before it's yeah. over, right? You know, like hands up, hands up on on uh, you know some some version of the Trail of Tears, basically. You know, yeah, because I mean, at this point, but by, by the time this help this sort of happens historically, uh, half of the fucking Cheyenne Nation was dead from cholera alone. Yeah, they, they, that many people died, and then. They just started systematically like wiping out small villages and stuff, and they they lost a good like fourth of their fucking uh, war cancel. Like their entire society was just turned over on its head within a matter of a couple years. Yep. As soon as they did this shit, so yeah. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Yay! <sighs> Yay! Go America! Uh, yeah. I, so I I think my final thoughts on this. Um, it's it makes some very salient points. Uh, there's some really great stuff in this film. Uh, maybe watch the middle of it and forget about the beginning <laughs> and the end if you want to enjoy yourself. Otherwise, it's pretty harrowing, and it's a gut punch. And I, I think you're right. I think the intention was to like set the viewer up for a gut punch to make the point, you know, yeah. like to to really get it across. And as far as that works, that I think this makes it kind of a great movie, even though it's like a very tonally weird movie and uh i don't think i ever want to watch it again i i think i'm one and done i own this one i i'd probably sit down and watch it again you know but uh you know not not anytime soon (laughs) but i uh, but i do recommend it i I know i think it is pretty you know Um, it's like a three dollar rental on uh youtube i think right now so if you're uh, looking for it that's the way to get it i bought the dvd so all right. Um, so, box office one point two million in box office rentals, and apparently it did a little bit better overseas, which I think is to be expected because the, the idea of playing the U.S. Calvary as uh, just murderers and rapists, even in nineteen seventy, probably isn't going to go over too well with the general U.S. audience. I don't think. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's it, at the time this was definitely seen as a direct reference to my line is to you know it, it was it, that was very much like on people's minds um you know around that time yeah um, the, the details of that had only kind of come out i think like the year before and so i mean you know you see this and it's like oh yeah it's just you know it's just referencing that um <laughs> and i think that the film i mean is as well made as it is and i think you know it also doesn't you know it, it it's kind of existing in both worlds of trying to kind of be kind of the goofy fun version and trying to kind of make the, the real point. And I think, yeah, I think if it had done either one of those things, I think it would have been more financially successful. I mean, yeah, we didn't really do like, uh, you didn't really get like, uh, like Oscar buzz around it or anything like that, you know, which, you know, the, the more kind of directly like serious version of this probably would have been like nominated for Oscars and that sort of thing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, uh, DVD info, there's a Lionsgate DVD from 2006, and if you want to get this on Blu-ray, apparently your best option, there's like three different German versions of this on Blu-ray. They all have English language tracks, so but no subtitles, so uh, if, if you're a person who wants to like still listen to your native language on the uh, Blu-ray, but uh, you want subtitles as well, just as an extra bonus, you're not going to get that, unless you can speak. German or Spanish or uh, French, I think. Um, so there you go. A little bit of trivia here. 
Uh, and in order to recreate the gory Sand Creek Massacre of Cheyenne Indians, uh, Director Ralph Nelson sought the services of orphaned amputees. Uh, so various prosthetic limbs were affixed to them and chopped them off. That's co- common technique uh, yeah. for the, for this sort of stuff, um, especially in horror films. That, that was used a lot in horror films around this time, too. Original work print of the movie was 135 minutes long. When it was test screened to an audience, they almost started a riot after watching this version. Uh, this was the only time that the full uncut version was shown, and it caused the studio to decide that it was unreleasable unless massive cuts were made. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's just another like, 20 minutes of people getting like, hacked to death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the movie was originally rated R by the MPAA in 1974. A new version was rated PG. Wow. Which removed most of the graphically violent parts from the massacre as well as toned down rape scenes. But the scene still contained full frontal nudity of a native woman. Of course, that was that was kind of common for PG in that area. Uh, I mean, anyway, the, the ratings definitely don't mean the same thing in 1974. No, they do but there we go. So next time out, we're going to be looking at uh, the Ballad the of Buster of Scruggs. Scruggs, the the bastard of Ballad Scruggs. Yeah, uh, the the duster of Buster Ballad. I don't know what the fuck it's, it's called. Like that, yeah, something like, it's one of. It's one of those fucking Coen Brothers films. Those fucking pretentious douchebags. Like, we're, yeah. get ready for us to rip this movie apart. Um, yeah, because it's awful. <laughs> no, we both really like it. That's why we're going to do it. That's the whole reason we did this whole segment. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Daniel, tell people where they can find you on the interwebs. Well, if you want to hear me talk about things that are not genocide, well, I really don't have any of that right now. But uh, yeah, I talk about Nazis on another podcast, Got Another Speak German, which you probably already know if you've been following this for any length of time. But uh, you can find that. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes. And you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel Lee Harper if uh, you want to listen to me blather on about stuff more. Yeah. Uh, it's a good podcast, but there's a lot less of Candace Bergen's ass in that one. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not no Candace Bergen's ass. I mean, yeah. There's no Candace Bergen's ass. You know? I don't know. We're going to have to do that Murphy Brown episode. You know, Rush Limbaugh appeared on Murphy Brown once. <laughs> and so if we do an episode on Rush Limbaugh, I can work in a Murphy Brown reference, and then it'll all be connected. And you could use a picture of Candace Bergen's ass to uh, sell the sell the episode. That'd be great. Yeah, that's that's the way to do that. <laughs> uh, you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com, where you can find our Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Facebook links. Join the Facebook group. Best way to find out what's coming up on the podcast, what's going on, and interact with us, so we can read your comments and yeah. you can tell us about how much you like Candace Bergen's ass, or if you don't like it, whose or, ass do you prefer? Or, or Soldier Blue, you know? Yeah, Peter Strauss's maybe Soldier yeah. Blue Balls. Do you like his ass? <laughs> <Blue>. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's what it is. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I mean, if this movie wasn't so graphically just totally sick by the end, people would be joking about that. Like, that would be the reference. Soldier oh, Blue yeah. Balls, you know, in this goofy comedy from the from 1970 that no one's seen, you know? like. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back when we're back. Goodbye. Cheers. Tell your story, it's a true one, and I'll tell it like you'll understand. And I ain't gonna talk like some history man. I look out and I see land, young and lovely, 
hard and strong. For 15,000 years, we've danced her praises, prayed our thanks, and we've just begun. This, this is my country. Another way to love her. Yes, this is my country. I sprang from her, and I'm learning how to count upon her. Tall trees and the corn is my country. You've been listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. For other episodes, our links to Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and our Facebook group, as well as links to podcasts and websites of similar interest, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.